Welcome to the David McQueen Show, a weekly podcast where through insights and interviews, I explore what good leadership looks like. My main aim is to keep the podcast long enough to cover the subject, but short enough to create interest and without those annoying adverts. So sit back and enjoy this episode of the David McQueen Show. One of the greatest things about leadership coaching is that you get to see the whole range of human emotions. The strengths and weaknesses of leaders, the confidence and the self-doubt, the wins and the losses, but being able to walk alongside some amazing individuals who are leading departments and organizations to excellence. Mostly, those coaching sessions work with the leaders being able to move on to the next level, but sometimes there are moments where leaders can take a bit longer and may have a bit more of a struggle. And often when I am brought on board to be a leadership coach, part of the remit is that the area that the organization or other leaders may want me to work with on this specific leader is in self-confidence or self-esteem. And there is often a a, a misunderstanding uh, as to what those actual terms mean But people will ask me, you know, can you please work with this person and really help them to um, boost their self-esteem? Now, given how lonely leadership actually can be, and we will address this in a future podcast, there is no surprises that people actually ask me to come in and do some coaching around this space. Not only me, but I know a a number of other leadership coaches get the same question. And one of the things I always ask people is, do you actually know the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem? Do you think they are the same thing? And what difference does it actually make for those who are in positions of leadership? So in today's episode, what I want to walk through is exploring what self-confidence and self-esteem are and how that affects people, maybe you listening or others, in the positions of leadership. So that we are on the same page, let's go for definitions. Now, when I look at the dictionary at self-confidence, it comes up as a noun, and that is a feeling of trust in one's abilities, qualities, and judgment. And when I look up self-esteem, it's also a noun, and it's confidence in one's worth or abilities, and and a sense sense of self-respect. So the first one is about just the abilities and the qualities and judgment, and the second one is about worth. And it's very easy to see how people conflate the two but they are very different. For example, confidence is domain specific. As a leader, you can be confident with a technical skill. So for example, you might be working in advertising and you may know specifically how to put together a campaign, how to be able to work in broadcast or, or different mediums. You might be in technology and you might be able to know how to uh, be a full stack developer you might be able to know the whole breadth of being able to put together an actual program and and being able to develop for the specific platform you're working on or you might be a musician and you just know um, how to manage all the different divisions of of production and editing and, and and writing those might be the areas that you are specifically confident in again as a leader you might be just confident at listening you might have a really good sense of empathy around other individuals or 
you may really know how to rally people up. Think about the last podcast we have. You might be the charismatic leader. You might be the person that can really get people excited about a change project that's happening or, or really encouraging them to the next level of your vision. And all these areas are areas of confidence, usually because you can demonstrate that you know what you are doing. And the interesting thing about this, though, is that just because you are confident in one thing doesn't mean that you are confident in all. And that's where I think the issue is raised where people seem to have a low sense of self-esteem. Because way too often, individuals may uh, be promoted into positions of leadership, whether you came through a fast track program or whether a mentor or sponsor in an organization recognized that you have got incredible potential. And what they've done is they've put you forward to be this individual who could be a leader. You get to that point and you realize, oh my God, not only do I have to lead people, but I've got to manage a budget. I've got to be looking at KPIs. I've got to be making sure that um, I've got to uh, provide customer service. I've got to look out for all the different stakeholders who are now responsible uh, to me because I've got all these different individuals looking to me to do things really well. Um, but right here is where I am specifically really good at. I'm not good at all these things. And often when people are challenged, especially in those areas where there may be a little bit of weakness, that's where I, I see more often than not a real challenge around self-esteem. So let me share with you one of the stories I often share, whether I am speaking to businesses, uh, nonprofit organizations, and, and to be honest with you, most people in education will know about this story. So I didn't learn how to swim until I was 30 years old. For those of you listening, I'm 48 years old now. So I've only been swimming for properly for 18 years. And one of the things about this is because when I was nine, um, I went swimming in my school in Northwest London, so the late 70s now. And I remember a teacher saying to me, David, where are you going? Uh, I said, I'm going swimming, sir. He said, you can't swim. I said, I know, sir. That's why I'm going to learn. And he said, well, you know what it is, black boys, your bones are too heavy, you'll sink to the bottom of the pool. And I believed him. In my head, I conjured up all these stories of there were no black guys swimming in the Olympics. And, you know, I, I didn't see many people when I went to the swimming pool who could do it, even though I was surrounded with other uh, black males and females who could swim in the class. I just created this story in my head. And it was really embarrassing because I, I, I couldn't swim. And I remember when I first met the woman who is now my wife when she was my girlfriend, um, you know, I really wanted to impress her. I really wanted her to show her that this guy's got game. He's got swagger. This is the guy who can really impress you up until the point where she says to me, Dave, let's go swimming. And that's when I realized my game is over. And um, even though I, I admired her and saw her swimming uh, from the other side of the pool in the Harrow Ledger Center, um, uh, I still had this real lack of confidence because once my foot was not touching the bottom of the pool, I thought I was going to drown. And and I remember approaching her. Uh, she called me over and I approached her and I walked over to her uh, going towards the middle of the swimming pool and I didn't realize that the deep end was in the middle. So you can guess what happens next. I take a step. My foot hits the bottom of the pool. I look up. All I see is water, and I think, oh my God, I'm 19, I'm too young to drown. I pray, I fart, I don't know what happens, but something happens, and I push my way up through the wall, and I'm screaming. My girlfriend has to swim over and save me. 
Um, I'm looking at the lifeguards like, why didn't any of you damn well jump in and save me? But my girlfriend has saved me. Anyway, I'm cool. But I was still upset. I was still vexed. Uh, a number of years later, we go to Dubai. We're on an all expenses paid trip. I'm in the pool. I get cramp. The swimming pool's not even that deep. But the fact is, I fall back into the pool and I start to drown again. She comes to save me. And she subsequently says to me, Dave, you know, you need to learn how to swim because we're going to have children. And when we have children, we're going to go swimming. And what's going to happen is I'm going to be down in the shallow end and I'm going to be teaching the children how to swim. And you're going to be in the deep end and I'm going to watch you drowning and I'm going to leave you because I'm going to be with the children and you're going to drown and you're going to die. Uh, and my wife is very straightforward that way. And, uh, and I know my wife doesn't make empty threats, so I decided that when my first daughter was born, I was going to go out and make sure that I could learn to swim. I rock up into the swimming pool, and I uh, see a guy in a wheelchair at the time. He was an amputee, double amputee. And in my head, I'm thinking, where are you going? You can't swim. And he looks at me, and he says to me, he says, you think I can't swim, don't you? My voice goes really high, and I'm like, no, I never said anything. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't even implying anything. Anyway, we struck up this little bit of a conversation and I tell him that uh, the, one of the reasons why I am here is because for many years I've had this voice going on in my head that I can't swim and once my foot is on the bottom of the pool, uh, I, I tend to panic and, and, I, and I feel like I'm drowning and one of my friends here is going to be teaching me how to swim. And he shares with me that it's, it's, it's fantastic story where, well, I say fantastic, but this powerful story where he's been in a, a car crash. It's a multiple car um, pileup on the M25, which is the circular motorway that goes around London. And the only way they could have got him out of the car in this accident, they had to cut him out. And so we're striking up this conversation and he tells me that, um, you know, he's home after the accident and he's having a bit of rehabilitation, he's getting better. And his friends come around and he said, right, we're going swimming. And he's like, guys, can't you see? And they're like, no, we're taking you swimming. He's telling me this. I'm thinking your friends are good because if my friends did that, I'd probably punch him in the throat. And he says that they take him to the swimming pool and they stay with him until he gets that confidence that he had before to start swimming again. And they're there. Yes, he has no lower limbs underneath his knee, but he's there and they're helping him to swim and build back up that confidence. And he says through their help, he started to swim again, building up his upper body strength so that he could start to swim effectively. And he left a really powerful story with me where he says, you know what, Dave? He said, what I learned going with my friends is that confidence starts and ends in your mind. If you believe you can do something, you will either find a way or make a way to make it happen. If you don't believe you can do something, you'll make all the excuses up underneath the sun. And I took that message with me and that day I learned how to swim. And I wasn't and still am still not the prettiest of swimmers, but I learned not to be afraid when I got into the water. And I was very proud last year when I went with my family to Agadir, which is on the west side of uh, Morocco. I swam in the sea. Uh, my wife will probably tell you that I nearly drowned, but the fact was, is I had fun. I was in the sea. I wasn't worried. I was able to go out swimming um, in, in, in and amongst the waves. And that was really powerful. Why? Because I changed the mindset that I had. And I all share this story with audiences uh, uh, about confidence and where it starts and end. But what it really made me think about when I was recording this podcast is that that kind of uh, confidence or the lack of confidence I had around my ability is something that affects quite a lot of leaders and leaders can be really excellent at driving business objectives uh, commanding the attention of uh, of work or colleagues when they're um, doing change exercises uh, 
but then they can be really crap at doing the same thing at home. They don't have any sense of finances or they don't have a sense of being able to have any authority with their own children or partners at home. Or again, there may be leaders which I've come across which may be excellent in being able to cut through all the mist with a real technical issue. They can sit down and they can brainstorm and they can see the end journey where other people are really faltering. But you put them in a room where they have to deal with conflict, where they have to be able to deal with managing other people's personalities, and they falter. And that cognitive dissonance can really destroy a lot of leaders. Where there isn't that balance in cognition can really destroy a number of leaders. And that sense of self-esteem or lack of self-esteem or self-worth can really derail a number of leaders because it just takes a little knockback. And someone questioning you in a domain that you may not be totally confident in can easily spill over to another area of your life. So you can be really confident and really competent at doing certain things, but then the moment somebody comes in and questions that, it can knock your self-worth, it can knock your self-esteem. All of a sudden you start thinking, well, am I a fraud? Am I an imposter? And again, in a future uh, uh, podcast episode, I'm gonna be talking about imposter syndrome. But for many leaders, they can be doing some incredible, incredible pieces of work which really sharp well around things like their technicality or being able to deal with individuals really well. But there may be areas that they fall down and those areas that they fall down, whether it's in the workplace or outside of the workplace, can have a devastating effect on the sense of their self-worth. So what actually happens is all these conversations get created in our mind about what we do and, and, and whether we do it really well. And, and all of a sudden, we feel that we no longer have any sense of self-esteem because our, our self-worth goes down the pot. And, and it happens to all. It could be somebody who has a real sense of confidence at work, but then they feel confident uh, or they feel a, a lack of self-esteem or self-worth when it comes to issues around their orientation. They may not feel very confident or very worthy about talking around their sexuality, they may not be very confident talking about um, their definition around gen gender. It can also happen around race, where you are really confident at something you do, and then you can feel that, or, or it can be perceived, or there might be evidence around individuals treating you differently because you have a different racial background. And, and, and again, it could be around you know whether you're male or female. You could be in an environment where you feel that you are treated differently because of your gender. Uh, and uh, it can create real points of tension for a number of people when they are faced with issues that they're not totally confident in or domains that they're not totally confident in. And if you haven't got a, a, a mentor or a sponsor, a coach or a group of individuals around you who can remind you that it's okay, just because you are not the best in that area doesn't necessarily mean that you should lose your self-worth it can really knock you back a couple of steps. Now in the book, In a Story, by Dr. Tim O'Brien, he makes an incredible suggestion. He says that one of the problems with the issue of self-esteem is that we narrow it down to one thing. You have all these self-help books and speakers and videos and all this stuff around self-esteem and how you should be able to be resilient and grind stuff out. Um, and that can obviously destroy quite a lot of people. 
And he suggests that rather than focusing on self-esteem as a singular, and rather than focusing on that, that idea or that notion or that conversation in our mind as a singular thing, we should be able to see self-esteem as more than one or self-esteems. So rather than tackling self-esteem as one whole thing, we should apply self-esteems or feelings of self-worth to specific domains, a bit like we do in confidence. So for example, I am a husband, I'm a father, I'm a friend, I'm a son, I'm a brother, I'm a businessman, I'm a confident, I'm a mentor, I'm a networker, I'm a musician. There are so many different domains or so many different parts of me that make up me as a whole. And in all those domains, I can be really confident. I can feel really confident about being a husband and, and feeling that I'm doing really well uh, with my wife. But there may be sometimes something may happen to my daughters and I can feel, oh, well, you know, as a dad, ooh, am I feeling as confident in, in this bit here? And each of those roles that we have as individuals, whichever you are, you could be mother, you could be husband, you could be father, daughter, son, friend, businessman, entrepreneur, artist, musician, whatever it is, programmer. Each of the roles that we have, they are different elements of who we are. And they provide different feelings in different situations. And we all have different self-esteems, which vary according to what we are doing. And it's important to note that, primarily so we realize that our worth is not just attached to one thing, but it's attached to a number of things. And to be quite honest, it's healthy to have short-lived moments of self-doubt. It's a quote that I'm pulling from the book again. And whether you're a leader or not, there are going to be times that you have doubt. No matter who you are, there are going to be some things where you're going to be, mm, you know, look, I'm not too happy with that. And no matter if you're the kind of, you can be an egomaniac and you can, you know, in front of other people, your confidence could appear to be off the chart. But the reality is, is when we are left on our own and when we are having to deal with some things that can really affect our confidence if we're losing money we're worrying about our job we can be losing out in a relationship some of us something's happened to our friendship something's happened personally every single one of us can have moments of self-doubt and that's okay i think the issue is not dwelling or staying in that space of self-doubt but recognizing that it can happen so dr o'brien who wrote this book in a story has worked with a number of leaders and celebrities and Olympians, footballers and educators, helping them to see the world through the lens of developing their inner story, hence the title of the book. And his insight into leaders being able to see themselves through the lens of more than one self-esteem has helped to shape my own practice as a coach. I read that book along with a number of other books and um, pieces that I use for my own professional development. And along with seeing the concept of seeing all leaders as emerging, which is another point he made, and not being complete, as well as seeing different self-esteems, has really helped me to be able to work with others to say, okay, you know what? Let's compartmentalize this. Let's look at the different elements of you before we look at you as a whole. And here's the irony of all this. This book that I mentioned by Dr. O'Brien, it's a great book, um, but he was also my former teacher and my head of year at school. It's a guy, a world-renowned um, psychologist who has worked with some amazing people. If you get the book, you'll see, it. I'm not gonna plug it anymore. But he was one of those individuals, and, 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 and again, I believe when you're looking at leadership, you learn from other people. But I got into an incident when I was in school, and um, fortunately, he was able to see through that one-off incident, which was totally out of character, and fight my corner so I wasn't excluded from school. He also opened up my mind to music 
um, and he, he allowed me to see the possibilities of using my constant need to talk, because I love to talk in school, as you can tell, this is why I end up presenting and talking for a living, but using it for something positive rather than always getting me into trouble. And so when I came back full circle and when I met him a number of years ago, we, we crossed paths on Twitter a number of years ago, it was no surprise to me when he read wrote this book about this concept around self-esteem that that was the kind of message that was coming from him. And so I share it with you as a listener. Don't beat yourself up. Don't think of yourself as uh, somebody who has self-esteem as a singular domain. But also be very aware that self-esteem and self-confidence are two very different things. Confidence is about your abilities. You are able to do something. You can sing. And if you sing and you sing over and over and over and again and you create and you develop your craft, you build confidence because you continue to do it. And then self-esteem is about that sense of worth. So you look at the different roles that you inhabit in your life, um, whether you're in the world of work, whether you're out of work, the friendships you have, and you look at that and you have a, you place a sense of value. And sometimes, though some you will be off the chart, really positive, others you will be quite low. But it's not upon you to be able to put self-esteem as one whole, which defines you as a whole. Think about self-esteem and compartmentalize it as in the different areas of life you have. So coming full circle, if you are a leader, or looking to be in a position of leadership, I, I hope this has helped. Uh, knowing the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem, or self-esteems, as we have established, uh, they're good things to have in your leadership toolkit. You don't have to have all the answers, but being able to identify those areas you need to work on is part of being better. In confidence, there are some areas that you are going to be really good at. There are going to be some abilities that you have where you are going to be off the chart. But there are going to be others that you need to work on as well. You're not always going to be 100% strong. And the same thing with the self-esteem, the sense of that worth, that self self-respect and value. It's going to be different. There are some people who are very, you know, have got high self-esteem in certain areas of life and lower certain uh, lower self-esteem in certain areas. And that's okay. I think the task here is being able to sit down or and, and write down or share with other individuals that you trust. Those areas where you are, are strong, those areas where you are weak. And what you do by having those conversations, you identify where those gaps are and how you can be able to address them. But you don't have to be perfect because nobody is. So remember in the journey of this self-development, uh, in, in the journey of, of, of leadership, there is actually no finishing line. No one is actually complete because we are always learning. Even if you are an individual that has had several businesses and you have exited and, and you've made a hell of a lot of money, it's very possible that you might have pissed off a lot of people on that journey as well. It's very possible that your leadership might be seen as quite toxic. So it doesn't mean that you're the complete article. Uh, once again, you might be the kind of person who's very empathetic. And in every single organization you've gone to, you have been able to listen to people. But at the same time, you might be that person that is afraid of conflict and you don't really step out on a limb. And so people don't really think that you are strategic as you could be because you seem to be avoiding conflict all the time, even though you're very good at being empathizing. So leadership is a continuum. It's something that has no finishing line per se, not while you breathe anyway. And, and I would encourage you to go and explore what those areas in your life of confidence are, 
what those areas in your life of self-esteem are and and not to beat yourself up about it but look at them and just see where you are on that spectrum and be okay with where you are and if you need to move forward obviously have a conversation with a coach with a therapist with another person that you trust with a member of staff or somebody who knows you quite well and that's it so we're here three episodes into the david mcqueen show wow i can't believe it three episodes deep and then the next episode I want to build on this idea of of self-esteem and confidence and 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 focus and charisma as we've spoken in the previous episodes to show how these can be used to shape value-based leadership or what i call leading from the center so if you've enjoyed this please share and subscribe you can comment on my site at david mcqueen .co.uk or you can find me at I am David McQueen on LinkedIn or I am David McQueen on Facebook or where most people tend to find me at, at David McQueen on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts. If you disagree, by all means, raise them. I'll make sure that the, the book I reference is going to be in the show notes. And, um, and again, as I said, if there's any kind of uh, disagreement or even if you agree, please comment either on those um, platforms that I mentioned or where I'm hosting the podcast at the moment on SoundCloud. So thank you for listening. And until next time, take care and wish you all the best.